Welcome to this endo life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's (laughs) the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them I don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to the lovely girls at Semaine. They are two sisters with endometriosis. They've been on the show before and they founded Semaine, which is a supplement company for people with periods to originally their first supplement was to aid with PMS and period pain. And I know that it is a lifesaver for so many people with endometriosis and painful periods. I absolutely love that supplement. It's really helped me when I've had to kind of follow protocols for SIBO or, you know, I've had a stressful time and I've been worried about my period. I've been able to avoid a flare with that supplement and they've always been so kind and um, kindly sent me sent me them when I when I've needed them. And now they've come out with a new supplement called the Daily, and it is a hormone balancing supplement, which is designed to help with healthy skin, stable mood, fewer cravings in your luteal phase, blood sugar balance. And they recently gifted it to me. Honestly, I said this to my client the other day. My blood sugar levels have never felt so stable as they did when I was taking that day, daily supplement. As you guys know, I I work very hard to stabilize my blood sugar levels because that will keep inflammation down 
And it also ensures that you have healthy, balanced hormones. It's, it's really, really key. And I have a history of having really unstable blood sugar. Originally growing up, it was because of my eating disorder. But then in later years, it was much more down to firstly following a vegan diet when I didn't understand how to build my plate, a healthy blood sugar balancing plate. And secondly, because of my microbiome and my microbiome because of SIBO is built to actually extract more glucose from my food and cause blood sugar instability. This is actually a really key piece of blood sugar. If your blood sugar is resisting all of the strategies you're trying, that is a massive clue that your microbiome is affecting the way that your blood sugar is is being controlled in your body. So we need to work on that, work on your gut. And mine has improved mine has improved massively, but I still react much more um, erratically than someone else would to blood sugar fluctuations. And I couldn't believe the difference. It was like I had a whole month of like stable blood sugar. It was incredible. And as a result, I had much more of a healthier cycle. I felt a lot more satisfied. I had less food cravings. I just felt a lot more stable in energy. So I'm a really big fan of this. And as I said, blood sugar is a huge piece to managing your hormones, hence why blood sugar is such a big part of their their supplement. So the girls have kindly given me a discount code for you guys. It will get you 20% off your first um, order, whether that's the daily or the PMS and Peerage support capsules. And the code is ENDOLIFE one word, all caps. So E-N-D-O-L-I-F-E. And that code is valid for the next six months, I believe. So you can use it at any time. Um, So let me know how you get on with them. I'd love to hear if you find them as amazing as I did. And I hope that they bring you a happier and healthier cycle and period. Okay, so before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that I'm currently running a free endo belly challenge. We've already started, but you can still sign up and catch up on all of the previous emails. I've got a page that I direct you guys to and all of the previous emails are there. And each week I send you a new email with some endo belly education and a tip to help you reduce your endo belly symptoms that week. And I've put the link to sign up in the show notes. If you do sign up, at the end of the Endo Belly Challenge, you're also going to be invited to a free Q&A session with me where you get to ask me your questions from the challenge. So if anything came up for you during the challenge that you wanted to ask a question about, or if you have any Endo Belly questions that you wanted to ask. So I've just added this. Um, some of you listening to the Endo Belly, um, listening now and who are already signed up, this is obviously a surprise, um, but I've literally just added this today. So everyone who is on the Endo Belly Challenge, at the end of the challenge, you guys are going to get an invite to a private Q&A with me that is going to be at the start of May. So it doesn't matter where you sign up in the challenge. If you sign up today, tomorrow, next week, as long as you sign up, you'll get an invite. And I've put the link to the Endo Belly Challenge in the show notes. And I also wanted to give you a trigger warning. This episode very, very briefly mentions pregnancy in the context of changes to hormones. Okay, so today we're continuing with, continuing with our endo and IBS theme as part of my IBS Awareness Month series. 
Now, most of the clients who come to me have endo and IBS. Now, of course, I do tend to see more of these clients because I'm specialized in endometriosis and in endo belly and SIBO. So naturally I do attract these type of clients. But generally, the majority of people with endo tend to have IBS problems in some form. In fact, more research has been done into this area, but the Centre of Endometriosis Care, they conducted their own survey and they found that 25% of patients had painful bowel movements, 35% had constipation and 60% had diarrhoea. So you can see just how many of us are suffering with this. But that doesn't mean that we have to just put up with it. And it also doesn't mean that all of your IBS issues are because of endo. And in fact, some of them may be because of your hormones. And people without endometriosis will be affected by these issues too. A very common problem that affects both people with endometriosis and without is constipation during the luteal phase, which is that phase after ovulation and before your period. So when clients come to me, they often report this symptom and many of them are perplexed by it and they think it's to do with endo. They report constipation in their luteal phase and then diarrhea during their periods and maybe if they're lucky, they might get some normal bowel movements in the follicular phase, but not always. So let's look at what's happening here. A few weeks back, we discussed why the inflammation from our periods can cause diarrhea. So if you experience that, or if you experience diarrhea during ovulation, head back to episode 188 for tips. I think it was from two weeks ago. But in terms of constipation during the luteal phase, let's look at what's happening in this time of our cycle. So the luteal phase occurs after ovulation. The follicle that once held your egg has released the egg during ovulation and the follicle has transformed into a temporary gland called the corpus luteum. The corpus luteum releases the majority of our progesterone supply during this part of our cycle and our estrogen levels decrease. Now, progesterone has many roles, but one of them is to relax our muscles in case pregnancy has occurred. And this is so the pelvic muscles can begin relaxing to allow for expansion. However, this muscle relaxant effect affects all of the body, including the muscles of the intestines, the smooth muscle of the intestinal wall. The muscle of the intestines is responsible for the movement that pushes food through the large intestine and out of your colon. When we are in the luteal phase, this process slows down because the contractions, known as peristalsis, are lessened. Now, it should take two hours for food to travel through the small intestine, but I will say that for those of us with SIBO, we tend to take longer. So it, we tend to have slow, small intestine motility. So for me, I think I'm about three hours. Judging from my SIBO test, I think I'm about three hours or two hours, 45, something like that. So you might be longer. But once it's in the large intestine, it should take about 12 to 24 hours. And in terms of optimal health and bowel movements, we're aiming for at least one bowel movement a day, but ideally one to three. And this allows for old hormones, waste materials, and food to leave regularly as a buildup of these in the body can start to create problems because hormones, etc., those can be reabsorbed. So ideally, even if things slow down during this phase and your bowels feel a bit more sluggish, you should hopefully still be having at least one bowel movement a day. Now, a really easy way to test how long it's taking your gut to process food is the polka dot poo test, which Dr. Neurology Kobe teaches us in our training. So all you need to do is swallow, hold, 
sesame seeds with water. So don't chew, just swallow, and then look for sesame seeds in your stores. And when you see them, that is your transit time. You could do this in your follicular phase to see what your normal transit time is, and then in your luteal phase to see if things are actually slowing down. Now, we don't have a specific amount, but I think you could probably easily, you know, swallow a teaspoon or half a teaspoon. Maybe start with half, see how that was to swallow, and then swallow another half. Uh, I just want to make sure, like, no one's choking here. Now, of course, if things have slowed down, it means there's more waste built up in your intestines more gases build in and more time for bacteria to eat our food and ferment that food, creating more gas. So then as a result, you may also have more bloating during this time due to the expansion of your intestines. And it's important to also note here that you might not think that you're gassy because you're not passing wind frequently, but this will happen with motility and peristalsis being slower because it's not just the food that's moving slowly, but it's gas too. So if you've got, you know, an endo belly all of a sudden, you just ate a meal and now you've got endo belly, it could be a gas buildup. Now there are quite a number of other things that can contribute to the endo belly in the luteal phase, including inflammation and estrogen dominance. And I have a whole episode on that, which I've linked to in the show notes. But let's go back to constipation. Whilst it's normal for there to be a level of slower bowel movements during this time, we still want to aim for once daily, if doable. If you're prone to a history of SIBO or gut dysbiosis, and both are common with endo, as you know, you are likely to need to do some additional gut healing because those can create both IBS and constipation. So you may experience worse constipation than other people would during this time. And I do tend to see this to be true with many of my clients with SIBO or extensive gut health issues or a history of constipation. You know, it's it's a lot worse and it doesn't necessarily resolve so easily with regular constipation strategies. Additionally, if you already have adhesions from endo or surgery and they are pulling or distorting your intestines, that could create more intense problems with constipation during the luteal phase. So looking into getting those addressed with some adhesion treatment like visceral manipulation, clear passage, neural therapy or frequency specific microcurrent would be part of treating that root problem. But for now, today, what I'm going to do is list some short-term strategies to bring you relief on a day-to-day basis. If you find that these don't work for you or they just don't help enough, look into the root causes that I just mentioned. It's simply, you know, it really could just mean that you need to try some other strategies because there are many and I'm only listing a couple in here because, I mean, we could be here all day. But if you suffer with bad constipation in this phase and you tend to get a lot of IBS all cycle long, it might be worth doing some more in-depth gut healing, like, you know, taking a course or doing a gut healing protocol or doing some testing to determine what's going on. Now, you guys know I have the endo belly course. It's not out at the moment. It's out later this year. But of course, if you go through these strategies and you don't feel like they're enough for you, you, you are obviously welcome to join us in the endo belly course. Now, it's likely that you'll need a combination of the strategies that I'm going to share today because they're sort of like they're targeting different areas of the body to support more regular or easier bowel movement. So I'm trying to give you guys a couple of different strategies because I don't know exactly what kind of method is going to help you or what part of your body is struggling. So I'm giving you guys an array of options that will hopefully, you know, help as many of you as possible. 
So number one is correct positioning on the toilet when you're sitting down. So the standard way that we sit on the toilet for a bowel movement isn't actually a helpful way to pass a stool. And this is exaggerated if we have pelvic floor issues too, which most of us do. So to help your body adopt the best position to most easily pass a stool and to support your pelvic floor, try elevating your feet so that they are higher than your hips. So essentially it's a bit like a squat without all the pressure on your thighs. <laughs> you can do this with a squatty potty, which is just like a step that sits on the floor around the toilet and you put your feet on it. And there are so many. Um, I think the kind of leading manufacturer is called the Squatty Potty. Um, but it's, I think it's plastic and it's like bright colors. So if you want something a bit more minimalist, there are like wooden ones now, like just Google Squatty Potty and you'll find like loads of different companies making them. Or if you don't want to spend the money on that, you can put your feet up on some spare toilet tissue rolls, right? If you've got a couple of toilet tissue um, rolls, just put one under each foot and that will be enough. Or, you know, if you have a stack of books or magazines in your bathroom, you could use those. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. Now, number two is actually helping to push stools through the intestine and break up hard stools that are kind of stuck with my go-to suggestion that you've heard me talk about a million times, and that's abdominal massage. There are so many massages that can support with constipation. So I actually encourage you guys to do your own research, but the ones that I use with clients are our Vigo massage and the I love you massage. You'll need to learn an at-home method of Arvigo massage from a practitioner. And my colleague, Tara, offers online sessions. Now, I'm not an affiliate of uh, Tara. I send all of her, my, like, my, I send my clients to her for free. I don't get a discount. Discount? I don't get um, an affiliate percentage or anything like that. I just really, really trust Tara's work and I get great feedback from my students and my clients. So I've linked to her website in the show notes and also I've linked to my interview with her. So I trust Tara, but obviously you can find anyone, you know, anyone that you would like to work with. Then the I Love You massage is free and that's on YouTube and I've put the link in the show notes to that. Now, my clients love using these massages and they report that they can actually feel the hard stuck stools and they can actually feel them moving along as a massage. Not everyone can feel that, but some of them who have really bad constipation can feel it. And they find that they're really effective. So these massages also stimulate the motility of the small intestine and the digestion overall. So not only are we helping with constipation, but we're really speeding things up in the small intestine in a healthy way. And we're supporting healthy digestion and bowel movements in general. So this is just a wonderful way to support your gut health. I tend to see the best results when the massage is performed nightly or at least a few times a week. Okay, so number three is movement in several forms. So exercise in general can help stimulate gut motility, especially walking, running if you can manage it, I know not all of us can, and rebounding, which is essentially the new fancy name for jumping up and down on a mini trampoline. 
If you find that you're worn out during this phase of your cycle and you don't have as much energy to do the kind of more energetic exercises like running or rebounding, try just going for a gentle walk. That movement is still going to help motility. Also, anything that gets you to twist or move your abdomen or that actually sort of self-massages the abdomen, so any kind of bends and twists where the um, organs are kind of shifting and massaging each other as they pass, those can really help too. So yoga is a great one and there are actually a number of online videos for constipation and digestion problems and I've linked to one or two that I'm a fan of but you can look for others online too. As long as you're getting these videos from a yoga professional who knows what they're doing, that you know they're legit, they're accredited, then they're safe. If you do have any pain or discomfort, um, ease up just like any exercise, ease up. Um, I will say that it could potentially be a sign that there's like an adhesion going on. Um, so maybe get that checked. Number four is softening and bulking the stools so that they're easier to pass. So firstly, I recommend trying magnesium citrate or oxide. So magnesium draws water into the intestine, creating a looser stool and stimulating a bowel movement. In my training with leading SIBO doctor, Dr. Seebecker, she advises that the dose is 500 milligrams up to 2000 milligrams at bedtime, two hours away from food. And that would be taken daily or as a needed, so in the luteal phase, until you have a bowel movement. However, a thousand milligrams is normally the kind of effective dose for many, but see what works for you because people respond differently. It is advised to work up slowly and give it a few days between dose changes as it might take a little while to see the initial effects and you don't want to suddenly suffer from stomach upset because you moved up too quickly, which can happen. It can be too much of a laxative if you're taking too much. If you find that you don't tolerate magnesium too well, high dose vitamin C also acts in the same way and there's no maximum dose because what your body doesn't need will come out in a bowel movement. So vitamin C is actually very safe to take at high doses and actually very beneficial for inflammation and endometriosis. That's a plus. I will say if you have interstitial cystitis, please be cautious because vitamin C can really irritate the bladder in people I see. There is a form of vitamin C that doesn't kind of cause that bladder burn. It doesn't have the acid. So I'll link to that in the show notes. So you could try a powder form in water or tablets. Either way, it's best to use a type of vitamin C that you're swallowing rather than like a tongue spray or a dropper that you take under the tongue or a vitamin C skin patch because we want it to go through the intestines, right? That's that's a point. Now, to bulk up the stools, you can try chia or flaxseed or partially hydrolyzed guar gum. I recently shared how to use flax and chia in a recent episode on constipation, so I'll link to that in the show notes for more details. Partially hydrolyzed guar gum is a low FODMAP soluble fiber, and it actually helps with both constipation and diarrhea by bulking up the stools. It's usually well tolerated by SIBO patients too, but each SIBO patient is unique, so test your tolerance because for some it just makes SIBO symptoms worse. Dose-wise, you can try five to six grams daily, ideally dissolved in hot water on an empty stomach for at least one month and likely ongoing for maintenance. Some people put it with tea, coffee, smoothies or even porridge but many of the labels suggest taking it on on an empty stomach so 
do what's best for you. It does seem to work well either way, but a lot of the time the labels say take it without anything else. To avoid side effects like bloating or gas because of the sudden increase in fiber, increase to the full dose across one to two weeks, especially if you're SIBO positive because we want to find out are you reacting to this? So start out lower with say one gram and then increase by half a gram or a gram a day. If you do have SIBO and you find you're reacting, then this indicates that the SIBO is feeding on the partially hydrolyzed guar gum and you're not responding it to, to it too well. So I'd remove it for now and speak to your SIBO practitioner. Now I wouldn't use all of the above like stool, stool softeners and bulkers and laxatives at the same time, because you might end up with the opposite problem, right? You might end up with diarrhea and you won't know what's working or you won't know what you're reacting to. So pick one and try for one cycle and then pick another and try for another cycle, right? So you can compare them. So number three is increasing fat content. This is a super helpful strategy in the luteal phase because firstly, fat stimulates large intestine motility triggering a bowel movement. But secondly, fat helps to slow down glucose release to our bloodstream. And in our luteal phase, we're more prone to blood sugar instability. So this can actually help manage those levels and as a result, improve PMS and reduce pain and inflammation. I talk about using fat in my most recent episode on constipation. So you can head to that episode for more in-depth details, but generally look to get two tablespoons of fat with each meal at a minimum, because that's great for blood sugar and build up slowly to test your tolerance because high levels can cause abdominal cramping and diarrhea because it can overstimulate the colon. But starting with two tablespoons should be okay for most people. If you're not sure, you can start lower and build up. Our last strategy is a simple one, but it's often very overlooked, and that is simply hydration. If you're not drinking enough water, there will be less water in your, in your stools, creating harder stools that are more difficult to pass when peristalsis slows down in the luteal phase. To work out if you're drinking enough, the calculation is half of your body weight in fluid ounces. That's what you should be drinking. So just for ease, because I'm not good at maths, Say you're 100 pounds, you would half that to get to 50 pounds and then simply replace the pound signs with fluid ounces. If you're in the UK, you'll then have to convert that to litres. This is the minimum you should be drinking, but if you exercise a lot or you're breastfeeding, you'll need more. I've linked to a water calculator in the show notes, which will help you to work out exactly how much you need personally. So that's it. Now you have six strategies to try if you struggle with constipation and endobelly in the luteal phase. Like I said, I wouldn't mix up the laxative and the stool softeners, just try one of those, but then combine one of those with a few of the, of the other strategies and that could really help. Now, just a reminder, if you found this episode helpful, don't forget that I'm currently running a free endobelly challenge and you can still sign up and catch up with the previous emails and sign up ahead of our last email that comes out next week. And if you enjoyed this episode and you found it helpful, please consider sharing because you just never know who is suffering with endobelly, endometriosis, SIBO, and are suffering in silence. So this could really help someone, even if you don't think you know anyone. And finally, just to let you guys know, I am taking two weeks off from Good Friday. So that's the 15th, I think. 
I'm just taking a two week break. I'm working really hard this year to work at a slower pace and to take regular time off. So for the next two weeks, you guys are going to have replays of my older IBS episodes, talking about endo belly, talking about SIBO, talking about my protocols for how to look after the endo belly, how to heal um, leaky gut, how to heal sensitivities. So there's going to be two a week to keep you guys occupied. And then I'll be back at the beginning of May. Okay, thanks for tuning in. And I hope this episode was helpful. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world 